Hey everybody, Matt Hardman here with another episode of the Race Nerd Podcast here on CKCC Radio. Thank you once again for tuning in. Um, hopefully you guys all had a good Thanksgiving. I had an okay one. Uh, been at home for a couple of days, you know, um, out of work for a little bit. But, um, you know, I, I probably could have been doing a lot of... Um, research and all, but yeah, I have been, <laughs> I'll be honest with you, I've been watching a lot of old races um, during my unplanned vacation from work, um, long story, I'm not going to get into it on this podcast, uh, but um, I've been kind of doing a lot of, a lot of stuff, been doing a lot of, um, Watching classic races, um, watching a lot from like the er, from the late '80s and early '90s, and um, been uh, been doing a lot of that. But we do have some racing news that's you know new and and all. I'm gonna forego a um, pop quiz nose this week, only because I really hadn't prepared one because. I was actually going to bypass this week. I'll be honest with you. This is also the reason why you're not hearing another uh, episode of the What If. Um, but uh, we do have um, we do have some news. We do have the passing of Sir Frank Williams. Um, for those of you who don't know, Sir Frank Williams uh, was a longtime stalwart on the Formula One paddock. Um, passed away at the age of 79 um, a couple of days ago. Uh, Sir Frank, um, obviously, you can tell by the surname there. Um, ha, surname, I just see what I did. Anyway, uh, obviously, you can tell by his last name, you know, was the founder and uh, head honcho of Williams Racing in the Formula One series. Uh, a team that saw uh, many, many F1 legends like Ayrton Senna and Nigel Mansell, uh, just to name two, uh, drive for the team. Um, uh, Sir William, uh, who uh, for, for the last 35 years um, has been relegated to a, um, a wheelchair, and, um, due to a, uh, due to an accident, um, in the, uh, off the track, um, you know, just a regular car accident, um, had been relegated to this wheelchair, but has stayed a familiar face in the F1 paddock, uh, until his, um, until he and his family had sold the um, sold the Williams team uh, to a group of American investors. Um, I don't quite say like American investors, but you know, majority of them were American. But anyway, um, Sir William was one of the um, faces of the sport, uh, a, a name known throughout the garage. And certainly a um, 
a member of the F1 community that will be dearly missed. Uh, but um, that's not the only news involving F1 ownership. Um, as McLaren, um, the uh, the McLaren holding group, uh, which uh, competes um, obviously in the F1 series and is partial owner of Aero Schmidt Peterson, um, will actually be purchasing or has purchased, you know, the details of this are quite sketchy, um, you know, the rumors is that they have purchased or in the process of purchasing majority interest of their IndyCar effort, um, from Sam Schmidt and, um, uh, shit, I forget the Peterson guy's name, but, um, that's who they will be purchasing the team from. And um, they will run that as a sister team to their F1 effort. Um, I, I, I'll be honest, I kind of saw this coming once they joined into the sport. Knew that they wanted back into IndyCar, uh, where they had a place in the 80s um, for their U.S. effort. Um, but yeah, so so we have those. Who who would have ever thought I would have started off with F1 news? Uh, but apparently Formula One is quite popular. So um, we do have some NASCAR news. Then uh, I, I do want to get to a, uh, a a story by request. Um, a, a zany. It's kind of a what if story. Um, but. Uh, we do have some NASCAR news. Um, first uh, is the announcement that Menards will be back uh, sponsoring Ryan Blaney next year. Um, they'll be back with Team Penske, uh, a program that started a number of years ago on both their Formula One, uh, not Formula One, I wish, uh, IndyCar and NASCAR efforts um, as the sponsor Ryan Blaney um, along with um, their partnership with the Wood Brothers, so um, Menard's founder, John Menard's son, Paul, was racing for at the time. Um, Paul has since retired and was replaced with, uh, handpicked by um, Paul Menard to be his successor, pretty much. Um, we all know Matty D has... Um, ran the last two years with the team and before being replaced by Harrison Burton. Now, um, Menards will stay on for a couple of races with uh, the Wood Brothers, but they will be prominently featured on both Blaney's car and Austin Sindrick's car next year, moving to um, sponsorship across three cars for a varying number of races. Um, I find this interesting as um, obviously, Menards had gone with, to the Wood Brothers with um, with their son Paul. Now that Paul is out of the sport, uh, they're kind of withdrawing their sponsorship, but haven't fully withdrawn it from um, from um, the uh, the team out of Stewart, Virginia, and um, moving over to Team Penske. 
And uh, I, I, I don't know how I feel about this. I think, you know, maybe this is just, I, I don't know. I don't know if this is in reaction to um, signing Harrison Burton, uh, which might, might, I'm not saying anything, but this may eventually lead to an alliance with the Wood Brothers and Stuart Haas as uh, Harrison Burton actually came to that team uh, through um, Kevin Harvick's agency, uh, KHI. Remember, um, Harvick and his wife Delena had started, helped found a sports agency after they sold their NASCAR team. It's kind of like an investment into their future after Kevin's uh, driving days or retire, you know, if he ever does retire. Um, and, and they started off, you know, as an agency for drivers like um, Ryan Priest and Ricky Stenhouse, along with, um, you know, Jeff Burton during his racing career, and obviously now Harrison Burton. Uh, so, you know, there there is the possible rumor of that. Um, so maybe this is in reaction to that. Uh, also, you know, Menards may have wanted more on their investment as they see more of a future with um, Team Penske. But that's not the only news going on today. Um, in another bit of news, it was announced who will be the drivers for Front Row Motorsports next year. Um, their two-car team will continue, and their truck series team, which was up in the air at one point, uh, will continue with um, Michael McDowell, last year's Daytona 500 winner, uh, returning to the 34 car for the fifth year in a row. And once again, he will be teamed, teamed up with another Rookie of the Year candidate, uh, this time in the form of Front Row uh, Motorsports Series truck driver and former um, NASCAR K&N uh, West Series champion Todd Gilliland um, replacing uh, Anthony Alfredo in the 38 car and Zane Smith who um, had that Hail Mary win at Martinsville to advance into the final four in the truck series, um, taking over Gil Lynn's spot um, in the trucks. Um, so he'll be making a lateral move. And I actually kind of applaud this move. Um, you know, for a team that's just going through rookies, um, this is a really good step forward. Um, obviously, uh, Todd Gil Lind, a former champion coming up the ranks, and a, uh, a driver who, who knows uh, Front Row Motorsports quite well, not just from his, his truck series experience the last two years with the team, but also the fact that um, his father, David Gilliland, uh, who co-owns um, DGR Racing, um, down there in the trucks, was a longtime driver for Front Row. And, um, so I think this is a good move, um, 
Gilliland, I don't think, will be as hard on equipment and actually will give the team a, um, I think, a, a, a steady presence. Um, you know, hopefully the, the, the bug of crashing into the walls will not affect Gilliland, uh, as the 38 has been known for that in the past. Um, I, I kind of view this as like the John Hunter Nemechek deal uh, with the 38 a couple of years ago um, and that the team is investing in their future and with the car of tomorrow you never know this this could be quite surprising and and I do expect some not huge things I'm not setting the bar too high but I am setting it higher than I did when um, Alfredo was announced for a ride. Um, as far as Zane Smith, I kind of see this as a lateral move, um, with Smith moving from GMS racing to, uh, to here. Uh, granted, he won't have the luxury of having as many teammates with the team, um, but Front Row does have that technical alliance with DGR racing in the trucks. Um, and, uh, you know, that won't be such a bad thing. Uh, he'll have teammates, in theory, with um, uh, Haley Deegan, among others, uh, with that effort. So, and, and I know Ford is probably going to be putting a pretty penny into their driver development program. So this could put Zane Smith in a good spot going into 2023. Um other quick things, um, renovations have started at North Wilkesboro Speedway, um, tearing down of the old abandoned buildings on the track, um, buildings that for the most part weren't structurally sound, so, um, I, I, while it is sad to see some of this, that just means that there has been improvements, I know that there was um, the $18 million bond, uh, that is used to, um, for the infrastructure and, um, and management of the track that the North Carolina, uh, legislature had passed along with the, you know, with the funds that have been passed for Rockingham and, uh, Charlotte Motor Speedway. Uh, none as significant as what they have done for, um, North Wilkesboro, and just the fact that we're seeing progress, you know, even just the tearing down of old buildings uh, shows that there is an effort, and, you know, you figure that in the million dollars that uh, that Marcus Lomonas of Camping World was willing to put up, and the fact that um, Marcus Smith, um, son of SMI founder um, Bruton Smith, has definitely shown interest in kind of, you know, of wanting to bring North Wilkesboro back from the grave. Um, and, and that came with a lot of fans' delight, um, just hearing that possible, just hearing that possibility. So, um, also other news, um, the governor, uh, not the governor, the mayor of Nashville has pretty much, um, given the go-ahead along with the town's legislature, given the go-ahead for uh, work to be done on Nashville Fairground Speedway uh, in hopes of, within the next five years, I'll say, 
Um, actually having NASCAR racing back at the fairgrounds, NASCAR, which has not been there since 2000, um, is hoping to, um, to host their first NASCAR Cup Series race um, since 1984. Uh, think about that. Um, and, Nash and Nashville Fairgrounds is still the longest going track um, continuously operated track in North America um, so to get in the US I should say because uh, I can't quite speak on Canada and Mexico but is the longest continuously operated track hosting um, weekly and seasonal events uh, so this would be another huge boon for fans who have been clamoring for more short track racing. Uh, two of the, the two iconic tracks um, coming back onto the NASCAR Cup schedule. Um, other news. Um, moving on. Actually... Involves the NHRA. Wow. You get F1 and NHRA news. Who said this is just a NASCAR show? Anyway. Um, first is the announcement that Ron Caps, um, multi-time winner and uh, former series champion in um, the NHRA's Funny Car Series team, will... Be another driver departing of Don Schumacher Racing. Uh, he has not announced plans yet for the 2022 season, but um, all all sources kind of indicate that a longtime sponsor Napa will return uh, with with caps to whatever team he goes to, and. I said this before, this is another defection from um, Don Schumacher Racing. And uh, one of their big um, sponsors um, in the past couple of years has been Dodge Motorsports. And it's long been rumored that Dodge um, will be going to the new Tony Stewart NHRA effort, um, which has led speculation um, in recent weeks that with this move it's another sign that when not if but when um dodge returns to nascar uh that they will uh be partnering up with stuart haas um nothing on that's concrete but uh that's what a lot of the buzz has been about and actually that'll be kind of interesting but at the same time kind of hard um we've seen in the past, you know, established teams moving over to uh, these new manufacturers coming into the sport, obviously, um, with Michael Waltrip Racing and whatnot. Uh, granted, I will kind of give Michael Waltrip Racing that they uh, actually had, um, you know, that they weren't full-time at the time. Um, Toyota kind of picked a lot of new teams, but when you look at Dodge's last entry into the sport in 2001 uh, they started off with um, you know some established teams like um, Petty uh, Petty Enterprises and um, Bill Davis Racing um, 
two two established teams that were winners and right around that time period, uh, along with you know helping start um, Ray Evernham's team, their flagship team. Now, is that the case that Dodge will go this time? You know, having a established team along with bringing some others into the sport, uh, it has yet to be determined. Uh, but it would not surprise me. But then again, we're only speculating because nothing has been firmly established um, with an announcement from um, uh, Dodge's parent company, nor NASCAR. So, as promised, um, it, it's a little bit of story time. This is uh, a, a story by request from Chris O'Mealy. So, thank you, Chris. Because um, as, as Chris knows, I've, I've known Chris for a very long time. And, you know, we, we talk a little bit of racing. We talk a little bit of wrestling. But there's been times where, you know, wrestling and racing have, you know intermingled and this is one of those times I've actually told this story on my old podcast the uh, politically incorrect racing podcast uh, I, I told this story and uh, somewhere in the annals of time somewhere um, the episode had got lost and we were discussing this and he's never really heard the whole story I didn't know this story until a few years back um, where I, I, I read a whole thing online and actually had seeked out a couple of um, interviews on this whole thing, which is told the whole story. Um, it's the story of how uh, Dwayne Johnson, obviously who is now the, um, the biggest draw in Hollywood, and probably the nicest guy in Hollywood, as um, if you follow his his Twitter and Instagram. I mean, he just gave away his personal truck to a um, to a military veteran. His personal big uh, Ford F-150. Anyway, um, the story of how The Rock almost became a NASCAR owner about 20 years before Michael Jordan. Imagine that. The Rock... The most electrifying man in sports entertainment. Um, being the, uh, being a NASCAR owner. Uh, rubbing elbows in the garage with the likes of Dale Earnhardt and Richard Petty. Yeah, it almost happened. And the story, um, like I said, this, I, I, I read the story, then I've actually listened to um, some um, some podcasts um, that have told the story, including one with an actual interview from one of the players in the story, Hermie Sadler. And uh, so I know this story's on the up and up. And this goes back to the late 90s, as Hermie Sadler, who... Um, was a it was at the time a, a NASCAR uh, Bush and Cup Series driver, and also owned a handful of dealerships um, in the Emporia, Virginia area. Um, Hermie and his brother, who were huge, huge racing fans, um, 
actually got to know the Saddler, uh, not the Saddlers, the Hebners, um, uh, Earl and Dave Hebner, um, Earl who, um, was a longtime referee, um, for the WWF at the time, and, uh, Dave who worked, uh, backstage as an agent, um, kind of in the, uh, a little bit in that Vince McMahon circle. Uh, anyway, they became um, the Settlers and the Hebners became close friends. And um, at the time, they they had um, brought in The Rock to do some commercials for uh, the Saddler dealership. Uh, and the deal was um, every year. Um, when The Rock would be in town or whatever, they would, um, they would film some commercials. And as payment for the commercials, The Rock would get a new Cadillac, pretty much leased to him for free, um, by the dealership, um, as payment for the commercials. And, um, Hermie would drive the cars down to, um, to Florida, uh, where, uh, The Rock was living and would... And became friends with The Rock. They became quite cordial and all. Um, and, uh, you know, they started talking business and blah, blah, blah. Uh, eventually, you know, um, the idea was floated around of The Rock getting more involved. Um, you know, taking an interest in Hermes uh, career and in uh, racing in general. And, you know, and thought it would be something, you know, he would be very interested in. Uh, eventually, a plan was worked out um, that Hermie and The Rock would um, would uh, would co-own a team, and um, they would. Uh, so, you know, the deals being worked out, and Hermie would go out and uh, purchase cars from Joe Bessie's NASCAR team, uh, and uh, would head to Daytona and would be the fastest car in practice uh, during the off-season testing. And um, as the deal was going on, there was one major hitch. And that hitch happened to be um, The Rock's boss, none other than Vincent K. McMahon. Now, um, apparently, he did not know of this deal and, you know, his legal team did not know of this deal between The Rock and Sadler and Jerry McDevitt the lawyer for the WWE put a cease and desist order against Sadler and um, told him that uh, The Rock would not be part of this deal as it would hurt the branding of the WWE and The Rock was the copyright, you know, basically saying, hey, you know what, well, Dwayne Johnson works for us, we're not having him promote anything outside of what we say. Hmm. I, I, for those of you who follow WWE, kind of heard this story before, you know, this type of bullshit. Anyway, um, it left The Rock holding the bag for this brand new team, or not The Rock, it left Hermie holding a bag for the brand new team. Um, also in the cease and desist is that, you know, he basically wasn't allowed to have any contact with The Rock involving business matters, which, um, obviously nixed the deal for, um, 
for uh, the um, for the dealership and the commercials, you know, all, all that stuff um, was put to a squash. Uh, left uh, Sadler with some, you know, little bit of issues towards Dwayne Johnson. Um, you know, he's kind of he's kind of over it now. I mean, they're they're not on friendly terms, or he's not on friendly terms with. Uh, Dwayne after the deal. Uh, it, it's kind of a shitty deal because I can't really fault The Rock. You can't really fault Dwayne Johnson you, and you certainly can't fault Hermie because everything was a go. Uh, the Rock was invested in it and he hadn't, granted he hadn't put any money into it and it was Sadler holding the bag for this brand new team, these new cars, everything. And the deal falls apart because of legal with, um, you know, Pretty much the copyright and you know the deal didn't have Vince's blessing and whatnot so it kind of it kind of put a premature end to what could have been one there was the possibility of this being a really good shot in the arm for publicity for the WWF and if you remember at the time WCW was in 2000 was campaigning a um, the car on the Bush series uh, where they had uh, sponsored many cars uh, throughout the years, um, starting in 1996 with Steve Grissom. Um, they sponsored cars in the Cup Series, you know, as part of their um, their Turner deal with um, Harry Melling and the number nine car um, with the NWO and Kyle Petty. Then. In 2000, they uh, were co-sponsoring a um, a car for the late great, the late Blaze Alexander. I I don't want to say great um, because if you look at his statistics, he wasn't, but he was a very nice young man who had a very big future, and um, you know was actually one of the best friends of Jimmy Johnson. And Johnson would carry a a sticker on the front bumper of his car throughout his career in memory of um, his friend Blaze and they met during that 2000 season where Blaze was carrying the WCW and track phone colors uh, for Team Sabco Racing. Now um, you know the whole deal with with that like I said it was a bum deal. Sadler would go on to have a career and actually would be part of of the ownership group of um, uh, Global Wrestling Federation, uh, the GWF, uh, founded by Jeff Jarrett. Uh, he was a long time, well, he was a promoter of the UWF slash TNA uh, company, um, which would run basically house shows for uh, the for the TNA stars and independent stars um, from the years 2006 to 2008 and would also campaign the TNA uh, brand on many of his Bush and Truck Series cars and in the ARCA Series. Um, so his love for wrestling never really diminished despite this whole thing. And like I said, this could have been a huge shot in the arm. Um, they could have really opened up more doors uh, instead, we only saw the WWF and NASCAR only once, and that was at the 2000 uh, Food City 250, 
where Hermie Sadler would drive a WWF SummerSlam sponsored car in a one race deal with um, Ed Whitaker Motorsports. Um, so it, it really is a shame that this whole deal kind of fell apart. Because, um, like I said, this could have been huge. I know they were sponsoring the NHRA teams for a couple of years at Tolliver Racing, but when you when you had the possibility of the Rock, um, you know, doing this, and you know, who who knows? Maybe we'll see. You know, we'll see the Rock back at racetrack sometime. But you never know. But until next time, I'm Matt Hardman, and if we ever get out of Frostbite Falls, I will see you at the track. Bye.